3: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Friday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. It is a fabulous Friday. I know many of you, maybe you're cutting out of work a little bit early today. Maybe you're out at lunch right now on the East Coast and you're throwing up the uh, the, the deuces and headed off into what should be an awesome july 4th weekend and there is much to celebrate as we begin today's show with you we're going to be joined halfway through by shannon bream who is the fox news uh, host of fox news sunday but also has been covering the supreme court for fox news for a long time now uh we'll have her break down these rulings in more detail but let's go ahead and dive right in buck off the top here double Supreme Court 6-3 decisions, coming on the heels of yesterday's 6-3 decision to end affirmative action in college and university admissions, uh, simplifying what happened today, the Biden attempt to cancel, and by cancel we mean just take on as more of our federal debt $400 billion some odd dollars in student loan debt, was struck down as unconstitutional by the Supreme Court, 6-3 margin. Also, in what feels to me like an eminently reasonable, yet also very significant ruling, we've had this question over what can be compelled, uh, what can a business person be compelled to do when it comes to unique talent. A website designer in Colorado who refuse to do websites for gay weddings, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, Buck, in terms of the factual details here, cannot be compelled to create those websites for gay couples. 6-3 decision, uh, preserving both First Amendment rights and also freedom uh, of just basic humanity... Uh, When you are a talented uh, individual, you cannot be compelled to use your talents in a way that you do not see fit. Seems eminently reasonable. Just kind of break it down. If you... uh, You can't discriminate against somebody if you're selling everything to the general public, but you cannot be compelled to make a specific product for a specific person uh, based on what their sexuality might be. So, Buck, this is a victory lap for Donald Trump. You can well imagine what these rulings would have looked like if Hillary Clinton had won in 2016. The most significant impact, I believe, of Donald Trump's presidency, the three Supreme Court justices that he got on this court that are helping to preserve liberty and sanity in America.
2: Look, it's a great week for freedom. It's a great week for America. What can I tell you? Uh, the efforts at totalitarianism, Marxism, uh Racial Marxism uh, Have failed at least with regard to The major challenges wa- making their way All the way up to the Supreme Court Three pretty substantial wins I mean I think when you um, When you rack them up The affirmative action Decision Is just the beginning as we said yesterday Of, of further challenges Everyone's pointing to the fact that Harvard Has looked at what they're calling The loophole of oh you have to write uh, about your experience overcoming racial discrimination. And other people were writing in yesterday, listeners, and saying, well, what about gender identity stuff? And This is not going away overnight, but you know what's going to happen? If Harvard has 11% this group and 15% that group and so on, years and years in a row, and someone sues again, they're going to be able to make a, a, a case that this discrimination has effectively continued um, when they get access to the numbers. Now, Harvard and other schools may try to make that harder by making the numbers that you apply with, notably the SAT, optional. But the point is, it's unconstitutional. The left has been wrong on this, and now we move forward. Okay, on the uh, cake uh, situation, you know, the, the the bake that cake is what people always refer to this stuff as. Um, you know, I, I think this one shows you just how extreme actually this is 303 creative is the case um how extreme the left has gotten where uh they in the state of colorado want to make you have to write things that you don't want to write on a cake they want to make you create things and engage in creative enterprises for things that you do not agree with and anyone who, who doesn't really understand what the game is here Go and see what they've done to Masterpiece Cake Shop, where the guy, I think his name is, I think his name is, um, Jack Smith. I could be wrong on that one, but, uh, the, the owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop team, check his name for me so I get that one right. Um, and now I think I'm, the special counsel's Jack Smith. I'm trying to remember this guy's name, but anyway, he's said activists show up to make him make Satan cakes and penis cakes and all of this stuff, right? Yeah. The point is to make everyone bend the knee. The point is that the activists of the LGBTQIA community show up and say, Oh, you think you were a believing uh, traditionalist Christian? You're now going to play it. Jack Phillips. Sorry, I knew it was Jack something. Jack Phillips. I knew you're going to, you're going to, or rather, you're going to play it our way or else. And the Supreme Court has at least carved out a little bit of religious freedom. This is not a lot, but it has said that religious freedom is not entirely dead. The funniest one is the Joe Biden one, Clay. Everybody knew this was illegal.
3: Everybody knew Joe Biden can't just do this. Including Nancy that. Pelosi.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is one of those. I mean, Obama did this too. If you remember, um, where they would say, uh, under the Obama administration, uh, I, you know, I don't have the authority to do that. And then they do it. And this has happened again with Joe Biden, where it's clear to everyone he can't just wave his, his old Joe Biden hand and make these debts go away. He's socializing them to the taxpayer and he doesn't have the authority to do it. So. It's amazing to see the left-wing response to all this, too. Truly delusional stuff. And also the dissents. I mean, I'm just going to say it. The dissents, um, from Jackson and Sotomayor in the affirmative action case were embarrassing. It's not just I disagree with them. I mean, their, their logic, the emotion, all of it, the lack of logic, it was embarrassing. And the legal commentators who are trying to make the case for the affirm, I mean, for, uh, loan forgiveness also embarrassing themselves.
3: Yeah, and, and and I do think this is a cardinal moment for to step back and think about what Donald Trump accomplished. He did exactly what he said he was going to do on the Supreme Court. I don't think there's a single person listening who could say that Trump was anything other than a grand slam uh, in a sports analogy when it came to the way that he put three justices on the court, and I know that they worked with him to ensure that he had a list of reliable justices. But when you look at Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and Amy Coney Barrett, to me, they are preserving liberty in a really significant way, Buck. Because, just think, I, I was going through thinking about this. If Hillary Clinton had won in 2016, the Supreme Court of the United States would have said that Every working American, basically, could be compelled to get the COVID shot as a condition of employment. They would have said that. Uh, they would have said affirmative action is still the law of the land. They would have compelled this website designer to make websites for any person that wanted to uh, take her on as a uh, as, as a website designer. Uh, they would have fundamentally, not to mention Roe v. Wade, wouldn't be back at the state's. The amount of fundamental protection and sanity that has been restored just based on that; those three justices. Buck, think about how crazy the world we would be living in would be right now if Hillary Clinton had won in 2016 and she had made all three of these appointments.
2: Well, I, I think it's also worth noting that right now, um, and, and the state of Michigan, I feel badly. We have We have a lot of listeners in Michigan, and that Gretchen Whitmer is their governor. Um, I think that she's this. I, I think you could say she's the second worst governor in America. I actually think Kathy Hochul may be the worst at this point. Gavin Newsom, you like him too much. So, oh, we got to talk about RFK. By the way, we got an RFK Junior. problem, my friend. We got to talk yeah, well, about you this. You knew one.
3: this was going to happen, by the I way, I knew think, it. Don't underrate Pritzker uh, on That's Illinois true. as well. Um,
2: but uh, back to Michigan, just for a second. Um, the Michigan House has passed a bill making wrong pronouns a felony fineable up to $10,000. Yeah. If you intimidate somebody by using quote wrong pronouns. I just want everyone to understand what this is. The Michigan House has passed a bill that if you walk up to a 300-pound dude who has long hair and a dress on and you say, "Hey man" or "Excuse me, sir" and you refuse to call her call him a he a she, you can be fined up to $10,000 and can even result in prison time. This is the death of the First Amendment, which is the death of freedom altogether in this country. If will be struck down, standard, thanks
3: to the court that we have. It'll take a while to get right. their buck, and it has to be used I, against somebody first before it becomes actionable. I bring it up not
2: because yeah. I think they have some brilliant legal strategy here that's going to manage to win, but I will tell you, do you think that Sotomayor and, and, uh, and Jackson, do you think that they would overturn this? I do not. I think they would come up with some, oh, but if you use the wrong pronouns for somebody, you're erasing them as a person, and so it's basically, you know, genocide. They would come up with some version of the First Amendment doesn't count if it offends the uh, transgender community. And you people need to know about this because this is now pretty common in this country. It's common enough that you have to be on guard for it. The most fundamental freedoms, the most basic constitutional freedoms aren't incidentally under assault. The left is waging an all-out, storm-the-trenches-destroy campaign um, for the most important liberties that we have. And they're doing it every day.
3: And I also want to mention, by the way, Buck, we said that this would get struck down as unconstitutional, but Joe Biden and his advisors mostly knew this. This was a calculated attempt to try to drive up young voter turnout in the midterms. And now that it's been struck down, Biden or whomever the nominee is going to be will run against the illegitimacy of the court and argue, hey, if you want student loan debt relief, then you need to vote for me so we can replace these justices and or potentially pack the court, which is where I think this is headed.
2: Um, I I do believe that court packing is on the the docket, so to speak, for the next Biden term, if there is one. Uh, I think that it would probably be Kamala Harris appointing those justices, but nonetheless... Uh, I think that that is absolutely uh, why they create this. The The narrative really now is the court is illegitimate. That's yes. what they say. You know, when the right was losing, and it, the Democrats got used to having the Supreme Court as on key cases for a long time, their super legislature. They can't get it through Congress. They'll get it through the court. They can't get the people to vote for it. They will get the justices to mandate it. That's been really, Clay, for our you know, most of our adult lives, that's been, and, and even before we were paying attention to politics, that's been the reality. Well, that has finally changed, and they're not acclimating to it. I, I remember um, what it was like when conservatives felt like every time something important went to the court, we were getting five, four decisions against us. Our attitude, you never heard the, the right talk about court packing. You never heard the right talk about how, oh, but the Supreme Court doesn't count anymore. We're gonna... It was, all right. We've got to get better constitutionalist justices the next time around. We've got to work to educate the public. We, you know, it, it, our, our response to this is how do we win within the system the next time around? The left's response is tear it all down, you know, break into the Apple store and loot it like they're doing it in France right now.
3: Or kill Brett Kavanaugh. It's amazing how that just vanished, right, Buck? I mean, you literally had a guy show up armed outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house to try to murder him so that he couldn't have the law. Uh, His vote didn't count, right, after the leaked Supreme Court opinion. It's amazing how that story just vanishes. Never happened before leaked Supreme Court opinion and an attempted assassination to keep that opinion from becoming the law of the land. If a right-winger had done that, it would be one of the top two or three stories that gets run all the time on the left news cycle Instead, they just pretend that that didn't happen.
1: It's uh,
2: it's true. We'll come back. We'll take a lot of your calls. It's Friday, after all. It's going into an Independence Day weekend, so much to discuss here. 800-282-2882. Clay, we are going to have to you. We have a little, little talk about Mr. RFK Jr. I, a st- little, I a still little. think
3: he may be the nominee for Trump. Uh, I, I uh, say it. Uh, all
2: right. We're going to have to have a little disc- a little, little uh, back and forth over RFK Jr. I don't know if you saw what he said about some of the stuff going on right now, but you got to stay with us, and we'll get into it. There's an economist out there with an opinion that you need to hear, issuing a strong warning. Her name is Nomi Prinz. She says a small group of financial elites are plotting drastic action unlike anything we've seen in 50-plus years since 1971. Nomi says the White House, the World Economic Forum, even Bill Gates are all involved. According to her research, Your ability to spend, borrow, save, and invest could soon be restricted with the push of a button. Our financial system is about to be transformed in a way that would have been unthinkable just a few years ago, and it all starts next month in July. Bank of America is calling it inevitable. If you've got any money in a U.S. bank account or retirement plan, pay attention to this. Get all the facts at disappearingdollar.com. You may not like what Dr. Prince has to say, but at the very least, you'll be prepared when events take a turn for the worst. That website, again, is disappearingdollar.com. Again, that's disappearingdollar.com, paid for by Rogue Economics.
6: The voices of sanity in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year
0: Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: All right, welcome back to Clay and Buck. Um, we're ha- we're having a- we're having a conversation that we'll get back into here maybe in a second about Clay's whole calling women a stud thing and the and the accuracy. Let's just of this start with
3: Shannon there. Let's just start with this before well, we dive we into the Supreme Court.
2: We, we have Shannon Bream, yes. esteemed Supreme Court and judicial reporter for Fox News and uh, Fox News talent for many years. Shannon Clay has. We will ask for your legitimate and and deep expertise on the Supreme Court in a moment. He has another question he wants to ask you though. This is an important question.
3: We just had a, a VIP wrote in. I said that I thought. Carrie Lake was a stud as a politician, right? And uh-huh. the the writer wrote in and said, like, that's like it makes him think about horses and like that. Those are typically <laughs> men. If I said Shannon Bream, she is a stud on hosting Fox News Sunday. To me, that would be just like like badass, right? Like you're really good at it. Right. It's a positive. Do you if you hear that phrase? Have you first of all, have you ever heard? A woman described as a stud before and maybe you can also ask your husband because my thought is now Mm. that i've done it a lot and it comes from sports because you would be like Mm -hmm. oh that girl's the best she's the stud on the team it's actually a pretty Mm -hmm. common phrase from sports but bucks looking at me like i'm crazy when i use it what is how do you react
7: um clear that no one has ever called me a stud for anything yes. um so i can't it perfectly but i think about okay you know i married into a super athletic family they're professionals the whole thing my sister-in-law is referred to as the best a- athlete in the family she's had her college basketball and her college volleyball numbers both retired she is somebody i would call a stud
4: like there
3: you go stud, i would I d- definitely totally describe her as the stud, stud of the bream family for people who don't know sid bream who is the legendary Atlanta Braves player, one of the most iconic plays. In fact, I was just at the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, and your, yes. uh, I guess it would be your brother-in-law, sliding into home plate to win the NLCS for the Braves is mm-hmm. one of the videos that they play on the exhibit that my son enjoyed seeing. Right. So that's the Bream yes. connection there.
7: Right, and listen, everybody in the family agrees that my sister-in-law, Teresa, is actually the better athlete. I mean, she was invited to the Olympic trials and all this other kind of stuff. I mean, like, I, in my mind, Teresa is a stud. I think she would wear that proudly. You could go with studette. I don't know. I sometimes call my husband oh. a stud muffin. There are there are variables. <laughs> there are options.
3: Uh, uh, there we Have go. you ever been called a stud muffin? I'm going to bring this up with Laura. She has never referred to me, Shannon, as a stud muffin, and I How feel like teachers? that would really, it's very well deserved. I don't know why she wouldn't do that.
7: <laughs> I'm getting I, you a T-shirt. Buck, I'm getting you one, too.
3: <laughs> Thank you. I've been referred to as curmudgeonly by women. Being well, that's violent, accurate,
2: for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that. So, so, Shannon, there was also stuff going on at the Supreme Court in the last couple of days. We've talked about it a little bit. Your top line on the decisions today, biggest takeaways.
7: So, listen, these were 6-3 decisions. They came down along the lines that you would think they would. And, gosh, yesterday and today, there's been a lot of sniping and back and forth between the dissents and the majorities. Uh, This is my legal nerding out kind of thing, and it's very lawyerly language, but as nice as this language sounds, there were some smackdowns. I mean, the two sides did not end well this term. You know, you got people reading their dissents from the bench, which doesn't often happen. They're really ticked, and I always say that the hardest decisions come the last week of June, and then they need the summer break to, like, cool down. They're all very professional. They do respect each other. They get along behind closed doors. I know that for a fact, but they need a little break um, because some of this got contentious. You know, student loans, six to three, the government overstepped, according to the majority. The secretary of education, yes, has power to do some modifications and waivers to the statutory provisions under the HEROES Act. But what the court said is you cannot rewrite the statute from the ground up. You just can't do it and waive away $430 billion of student loan debt. Um, on the free speech case, um, like I always tell people, this court is very protective of free speech. They have enormous respect for the First Amendment. The, one of the toughest cases I've ever covered over there was Westboro Baptist, which is hideous. Nearly every human being agrees the signs they show up with at funerals. We can't even show them on the air or, or quote them because they're so bad. But the court protected them 8 to 1. So the First Amendment's not for speech that you like and that we all find palatable. It's for these really tough decisions. And this this issue over same-sex marriage for people is a contentious one, and Americans disagree. And Justice Gorsuch, writing for the majority, said, you know, um, you can't be okay with a government deciding which ideas it favors and it doesn't and, and forcing people to endorse speech that they may not agree with.
3: Shannon, the last two years, I think it's fair to say, have been characterized fairly as blockbuster Supreme Court terms. And mm-hmm. in, in when you look at the legacies and the impact of those cases, where what is next in your mind looking forward? I, I, I'm not an expert on the Supreme Court like you are, but I can't even really think of anything now that feels earth shattering or seismic mm-hmm. in terms of the substantive nature of what the rulings might be. What's next in your mind? Where does this court go from here?
7: Well, a couple things. Democrats are saying it should be packed. First of all, the court needs yeah, to of be course. expanded to, to include other members. And you know, you're going to hear more about that. They're offering up legislation. There's a lot of frustration. We know the president, as he spoke yesterday, he's going to speak again today on these rulings um, and I'm sure not be happy with where they came down. I mean, there are a couple of frontiers the court, I think, has some room to take some really big cases in maybe with gun control. I can see that being an issue that they revisit. Um, there's some room there to sort of clarify some things. Who knows? You may get some, you know, education issues and parents and, um, you know, fighting over curriculum and, and parents' rights to know. And, and, you know, you've got these states who are talking about potentially taking away custody from parents if they don't agree with where their child is on, you know, seeking transgender treatments and those kinds of things. That kind of stuff, I think, um, is maybe the next sort of legal battlefield that ends up at the court.
2: Speaking of Shannon Bream, uh, she is Fox News the Chief uh, Judicial Supreme Court Analyst. Um, Shannon, if, is it in your mind, I mean, when, when you see the way that the the left is, is attacking the legitimacy of the court when they don't get their way, and we also have had the most serious threat against a member of the court, certainly in mm-hmm. recent memory with what happened uh, during the Dobbs decision and the guy who was found with weapons trying to find Brett Kavanaugh Uh, is there a sense that that the rhetoric um, needs to be cooled down at all from people you talk to on the Democrat side of things or do they just think this is now the new normal
7: well you know I don't think that they're aware that most people are not aware that there are actually protests still going on at some of the Supreme Court justices homes I mean that's actually still happening on regular occasions in their various private neighborhoods here you know in the DC Virginia and Maryland area so um, it's still a very real concern for them and their families. I mean, it, the rhetoric has not um, cooled for everyone, I think, for a lot of people that it has. But it's interesting because you hear the court um, you know, being questioned about whether it's legitimate, and we hear that a lot the last couple of days. Now, there's a decision earlier this week at, when you know it, it dealt with legislative districts and state legislatures and their rights that the left loved. They said it saved democracy. It was so great. Now my inbox is full of people that are calling this a maga court that's destroying democracy. So I guess it depends on the way that, that the opinion comes out, how people feel about it. Uh, I did think it was really interesting that the chief justice wrote in the closing of his majority opinion in the student loan case. He says this: "It's been a become a disturbing feature of some recent opinions to criticize the decisions with with which they disagree as going beyond the proper role of the judiciary." He seems to be actually talking to the dissent there, um, and he says you know, basically, I, we we get um, a lot of criticism from inside and outside the court based on what we decide. But he ends it by saying this: it's important that the public not be misled. Any such misperception would be harmful to this institution and to our country. So he's saying these attacks on these um, majority opinions, um, whether they come from inside or outside the court are not good for the country or the court as an institution.
3: Shannon, you've covered the Supreme Court now for a long time. Donald Trump in the 2016 campaign and then in his four years got to put three justices on the Mm -hmm. court. Can you think of a more consequential four years in modern history in terms of remaking the court than what Trump did?
7: I mean, it is monumental. Love it or hate it. You can't deny the impact it had on the court. And the fact that um, uh, President Trump got to replace Justice Ginsburg um, with her untimely death – so upset the left who had really pushed her to think about retiring, not knowing how sick she was and how she was trying to hold on through that, you know, that election. And, um, you know, all of the things that didn't work out in her favor worked out in the favor of the right, who then got Justice Amy Coney Barrett. So, I mean, I think about some of the cases they're deciding. Clearly, the votes would have gone differently. But I wonder if even some of these cases would have come to the court. You guys know it takes four, uh, four votes in the secret conferences. And so – You know, with a different set of with three justices appointed by um, a President Hillary Clinton, they may not have entertained some of these cases and most certainly would have decided them enormously differently. So you're going to hear about that on the campaign trail from both sides. President Trump is out there saying, look what I did for you. Look at these three. Look how this worked out. And you've got President Biden out there saying it's a MAGA court. You've got to reelect me again because look at the damage they've done.
3: Do we get any sense? You mentioned uh, the the Ruth Bader Ginsburg example. I know that the left doesn't have that many Supreme Court uh, seats ostensibly. Is there any discussion at all of potentially any movement happening on the court on the left side, given that Democrats still have control of the Senate and they still have the presidency and we've got a toss-up election coming in 24? Or do you suspect no movement at all? And this will be a major topic of the discussion in the 24 race because there are older justices on the right.
7: Right. So, I mean, by Supreme Court standards, the three who are democratically appointed justices are considered young um, based on who's, who's on the court now. You know, there's been pressure um, in recent years on, you know, Justice Thomas. I think these pro publica pieces and other you know questions about ethics and that kind of stuff is aimed at um, trying to nudge him from his position. He's not going anywhere until he's good and ready. Like most of these justices, they're like, I've okay, got a lifetime appointment and I'm a person of conviction, whether it's left, right or center, you know, or however you view their judicial philosophy, they're not going anywhere. So um, he feels pretty immune, I think, to the outside pressure and takes it in stride. Um, but with those younger justices on the left side, I think uh, they plan to stay for decades.
2: Fox News Judicial Analyst, Shannon Bream. Shannon, appreciate you being with us. Thanks so much. You stud muffins. Have a great
3: weekend. Thank you. Yay. I hope Sheldon's not jealous that we got called. Sheldon is great. Her husband, by the way, he's a listener oftentimes. I hope he's listening right now. Fantastic couple. Uh, But, yeah, that's great, Buck. I've never been called a stud muffin before. So uh, perfect July 4th celebration there.
2: Sends us off into the holiday weekend with a smile. Yes. All right. Now, this is not going to send you off with a smile, but you need to know about it. The worst government power grab in history could be on the horizon. According to economist Dr. Nomi Prins, our financial system could soon spiral into chaos. That may well happen if a dangerous new program put forward by the Biden administration gains traction. Forget about banning guns or gas-powered cars. We could soon see a total ban on cash itself, thanks to the launch of a new technology called FedNow. It's an attack on our cash, but it's also an attack on your privacy and your ability to spend your money when and how you see fit. Soon, you may not be able to buy a cup of coffee without tripping an alarm at the IRS. Huge changes are coming this summer starting next month in July. You should get the facts so you're not caught off guard when events take a turn for the worse. Find out what you can do to prepare now at disappearingdollar.com. Again, that's disappearingdollar.com. Go to that site. Paid for by Rogue Economics.
3: Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck. And get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Final half hour before July 4th. And we wanted to make sure we brought in a great American doing tremendous work. Thanks to much of the support from many of you out there listening right now. He is Frank Siller. Uh, Frank, uh, we last saw you, I think, in April in uh, Nashville in person. Um just want to continue to say you're doing incredible work and as July 4th gets closer I thought our listeners could probably enjoy you telling uh, them some of the things you've got planned to help out people as July 4th gets closer and closer.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me on today and um so yeah, so look, we know that we have this great country because so many people have sacrificed their lives uh, for our independence, and uh, for this Independence Day 2023, Tunnel to Towers Foundation is delivering 32 mortgage-free homes, uh, many of them are Gold uh, gold Star families that, you know, uh, had young children uh, left behind, and some fallen first responders who died in line of duty that have young children, and a lot of these first responders first were in the military, and then came back, became uh, police officers or firefighters, and then died uh, you know, serving our community. And then uh, we did one special home. We really, really, uh, it was a beautiful day for Marine Corps Staff Sergeant uh, Benjamin Webb in Union Beach, New Jersey. This guy has three purple hearts and shrap metal all over his body and use, barely use of one leg, and uh, he's suffering. Uh, he's really suffering, but we made sure that we built him a house that gives him the independence back that he deserves.
2: Frank, it's Buck. We so appreciate you being with us and and your partnership with the show because we know what you do is so important and it's really a sacred obligation that the American people have uh to our heroes, our, our soldiers, uh airmen first responders, um, police officers. So uh I'm wondering if you could tell us a bit about, about the village down here in Florida, in my home state, and some of the projects
3: you're
1: working on. Well, Buck, thank you, and thank you for your service. You know that too. So you are a great American. and uh, So, yeah, so we're building a, a, a village. It's called the Let Us Do Good Village, Land Lakes, Florida. It's going to be 93 homes for these great heroes that I just spoke about, you know, whether it's Gold Star or widows with young kids or fallen first responders, uh, widows with uh, young kids uh, or catastrophic collegiate service members or first responders. And we have a beautiful 20,000-foot rec center for them so they could go play some basketball or, you know, see a movie. We're going to have a movie theater in it uh, and, you know, conference rooms and uh, set up a uh, medical s- uh, center, of course, for, you know, small injuries and, um, you know, for therapy, and et cetera, et cetera, and beautiful outdoor pool. But the beautiful thing about this, uh, Buck, is that we're going to bring all these families that have suffered the same type of loss and their young children are going to be amongst other children that you know have suffered the loss of their their loved one, their parents, their mother or their father, in most cases their father so it's uh, it's uh, it's it's magnificent and uh, we we already delivered a couple of these houses, and i can 't wait till we get more of these great heroes in.
3: Frank, I'll let you give out the the website, but I also want to mention this because there may be people who can play in this. Uh, I know on October 10th I'm going to be up in the New York City area. You do a big charity golf event uh, that I know raises an absolute ton of money. For people out there uh, who are listening and, and on this July 4th weekend want to do something to give back, how would you tell them to do that? What can they do? How much help can you use?
1: Well, we could use as much help as possible, and today we had two donors that uh, said they're going to pay off mortgages. So that was—it's a, a beautiful day already. Um, but you go to t2t.org, and we ask Americans to do eleven dollars a month. Most people can do that; others can do more. And if you could do more, you do more, um, because these great families have been waiting. We—you know—one of the houses that we delivered today, it, it, you know, for this weekend, uh, it was since. 2010 she lost her husband in 2010 so you know they've been waiting a long time but she was so moved that you know that we even remembered about our husband we said no no we don't forget you know we just as we raised the money we could get it done and um so that's why it's it, it, it's uh, it's so important but what you're talking about is our celebrity golf outing on october 10th and we only two have two foursomes uh, left open, and you could look at it, and once again go to t 2 uh, torg But I know you're playing. Uh, we have some other uh, Fox uh, personalities, uh, you know, hosts uh, that are playing. Bill Hemmer, um, uh, Joey Joey Jones will, will be there. Uh, Brett Baer is planning on being there. So we we uh, you know, and then we have Andy Pettit, um, David Wells, Wally Joiner. You know, some professional athletes uh, that are coming, but. I think which is the most important that we have a uh, Medal of Honor recipient, uh, Leroy Petrie. Uh, he's coming, and we have some horse soldiers who were the, the 12th horsemen that rode in uh, in Afghanistan right after nine eleven. We have a couple of them coming uh, to play, so we have the right type of celebrities coming, people who are willing to risk their lives uh, for all of us, um, you know, and so it's going to be uh, – um, it's going to be uh, tremendous. Of course, Clay, you, you, you know, is playing as well. Clay yeah, says he's going to shoot poorly.
2: <laughs> he's going to shoot yeah. below three digits well, I this know, time, I, Frank. I, That's what he
1: says. I, I, I know Clay. I know Clay will be playing poorly because I played with Clay once. So I can. I can <laughs> <test that. laughs> now you were pretty good, Clay. You were pretty but, good. It was a great day you know Those frank awesome we times. we
2: we also found that clay clay did do you know like 37 and a half pushups on tv so he's full of he's full of surprises uh he's full of surprises for us golf game. he's a man of many hats oh you know my uh, my wife Carrie, did your did the climb uh, uh back in really? a few we- a few weeks ago in june where can folks if they want to get involved in an event like that where they can you know get obviously there's the celebrity golf outing plays going to, but if there are other things like that where people can just help to raise money and, and be a part of, of an activity like the tunnel to towers climb.
1: So, you know, we have 80 plus golf events across America that people put on for us. We have 80 or 85 runs and climbs across America, all done by volunteers, all done by volunteers and thousands and thousands of events that people, fundraising events, that people put on for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. But the marquee event that we do every single year is always the last Sunday in September, September 24th this year, the Tunnel to Towers 5K run or walk, and um, it retraces what my brother Stephen did, New York City firefighter, on September 11, 2001. We go through the same tunnel that he ran through with 60 pounds of fire gear on his back, and then we uh, end up at on uh, on West Street, right by Ground Zero, uh, and we have a big street fair afterwards. Lady A will be our entertainment. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, th- that yeah, that day. Yeah, no, we're looking forward to it. But we have thirty to forty thousand people that come and do it every year, and uh, we have firefighters. Uh, uh, I call it the miracle of the loaves and fishes because they're 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 barbecuing for all these great people that stick around afterwards to listen to. Our closing ceremonies and uh... but the most important thing is when you come out of that tunnel you see the pictures of every firefighter every law enforcement officer who died on nine eleven they're held by other firefighters and police officers then you see the seven thousand plus men and women who died first on the global war on terror they're held their pictures are held it's almost a mile long of pictures of these great heroes that paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. So, the first duty for Tunnel Towers Foundation is to make sure that we honor the sacrifice and never forget what happened on September 11th, 2001, and the sacrifice that's been made ever since. And if you come to this run, you will be—it is so moving. Uh, you, I promise you, you'll be coming every year and bringing many other people uh, with you. So, it's once again go to t2t.org. You read about all the events that we do, but a registration is already open for the for the running and, and Buck I, I you know I, I don't know why I didn't know that your wife did that climb. She, I know she didn't see me in the stairwell because I wasn't doing it. Um but um that's 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 remarkable. But that was two thousand two hundred and twenty six steps up the Freedom Tower. And Buck you well know that there was more than two thousand two hundred and twenty six stories to tell from the heroism from nine eleven that day. So absolutely and, and a great you know, meaning to be in that yep.
2: Yeah, no, she, she thought it was a fantastic event. She's done it before. She was part of the Fox News team. But because of this audience, oh, yeah, Frank, right. she, she, she went, uh, she went way beyond the, uh, the fundraising goal that was initially set because of this radio audience, because they know how important the work you do is and, and how meaningful it is. T2T.org, everybody. Frank, we're, as always, we're honored to talk to you and, and to be, uh, affiliated with the important mission that you have at Tunnel to Towers. Thanks for being with us and have a happy Independence Day.
1: Thanks, Clay. Thanks, Buck. God bless you both. You too.
3: Look, we want to tell you, a lot of you, as you come up on July 4th, you're going to be out with friends and family. You're going to be eating barbecue. You're going to be eating hamburgers, hot dogs. going to be celebrating July 4th. And a lot of that will lead to family memories. How many July 4ths have you spent with your family over the years? Everybody gets together. Back in the day, somebody walked around with a camcorder, recorded everything that went on. How many of those camcorder tapes have you watched recently? Heck, how many of you have even can tell where all those camcorder tapes are? Maybe they're stored in the attic where it's hot this time of year, cold in the winter. Maybe, probably, you don't even have a VCR anymore, making those VCR tapes really, really difficult to ever watch. How about July 4th, you give something to your entire family, help preserve the history That your family has. Right now, each one of those videotapes with your family's memories can be transferred for $9 per tape. If you have 10 of them, 90 bucks. 20 of them, math, it's 180 bucks. Whatever the number of tapes you have, Legacy Box is discounting their pricing by 66% right now. It's the best time of the year to go ahead and preserve your family's memory. Heck, it's a great way to celebrate July 4th. Start online today at LegacyBox.com slash Clay. These guys were located right here in the good old United States. In fact, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I've spent a bunch of July 4ths over the years because that's where my mom grew up. Again, this is an incredible deal, $9 per tape deal. Check it out. Do it today. Preserve your family's memories at LegacyBox.com slash Clay. One more time. Trust Legacy Box to preserve your family's memories. $9 per tape. Do it today. LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. A new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today is getaway day for the July 4th holiday, and a serious number of
5: drivers are out there. We have it at 3 on 710WOR. Henry Ford said, If you
2: always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. If you or someone you know is dealing with pain or loss of function and have been doing the same old doctor visits or...
5: I'm Jack Armstrong, he's Joe Getty, we're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.
0: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper
0: of Sonny. that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? It my not look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay,
1: that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And we're going to be closing up shop before the Independence Day weekend here on Play and Buck. Uh, but it's a great time to remind you of our podcast, which has things you are not hearing on the radio. So it's worth subscribing because that way you can listen like our uh, caller before said. He listens when he goes abroad or travels uh, because he's not in distance of our 500 or so affiliates. Uh, But also we have the Tudor Dixon podcast in there, uh, some long-form interviews I do. Um, We've got the uh, Sunday Hang and uh, lots of fun stuff like that. So definitely subscribe. Download the iHeartRadio app for that, please. And Clay, Studgate continues (laughs) to be a thing here. Our VIPs weighing in on this left and right. Constance, or perhaps if she's French, Constance. C&B, no Clay. We women are not studs, no matter how similar to a strong man we may be. Love, Connie. To be fair, she put love, Connie at the end. so It's very nice ending. Yeah.
3: I, I appreciate Connie. Dollface, uh, really great, uh, really. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're just gonna get us in trouble with this. You're just gonna get
3: us in trouble. I'm, br- I'm gonna bring back dollface. Doll Dollfaces, these are back. all
2: terms that, re- re- was it 1940s that that was really, is that the era? I where, think
3: probably I think- doll, fa- I think of dollface in the same way you do. And like the film noir, like yeah. Dick Tracy feels like yep. he would have called, you know, like a, a woman like dollface back in the day. I'm gonna bring it back. Everything comes in cy- cycles here.
2: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's good luck with that. All right, Patty, <laughs> I think using the word "stud" for a person is weird. Not a fan of it. I, I've heard people say it for to be clear about guys, and particularly about like male athletes. That that's a yeah. uh, or also a guy who's very uh, attractive to women. They'll say that guy's a stud. You know? Yeah. Um And, and then of I course, just... Stud Muffin, which I believe we were both called on the show that's today. True. Not you know, not for nothing.
3: Yeah, I uh I it's funny. I'm almost 100% certain that it comes out of the world of sports because guys and girls are referred to as studs. Like he's the stud, she's the stud of this team. Um but the ranchers Caitlin disagree. Clark.
2: Just you know, the ranchers are like this comes from ranch. World.
3: Oh, I get it. But like there are lots of words that initially had one, you know, meaning and then we use them and start to use them in different ways. Like Caitlin Clark who is the Iowa women's basketball stud is the best women's basketball player I would say that she is a stud in women's basketball ranchers fired up. they' are, they are after me right if I if I were headed to the ranch this weekend I'd be in trouble for july 4th
2: what happened to Yellowstone you know you got me to start watch I took your I TV wreck which is very hard to get me to take a TV wreck because I'm I'm you know not not easy to please with my uh I don't watch a lot of TV and so when I do it has to be really good. Carrie and I just finished Band. I'd never seen, which is crazy. I I admit I'd never seen Band of Brothers before. Yeah, but so we just finished Band of Brothers, which holds up so well and is so good. Um, that was when HBO was just making like really
3: good stuff, a lot of really good series. Tom um, Hanks, all of those movies, right around World War II, and the things that they did for all the World War II veterans. I mean, the Tom Hanks, I, and Gary Sinise, like they don't get enough credit for what they did to preserve those stories.
2: Right. Well, it feels almost like a, a adjunct or continuation of Saving Private Ryan. I think it came out yeah. r- roughly around the same time. And so there was this whole moment where they were just making really exceptional World War II European theater. Now we're going to watch the Pacific, which I also haven't seen in the, obviously, Pacific theater. So I'll have to check that one out. But Yellowstone, you get me all excited. You say it's so great. You tell me you and Mrs. Travis love Yellowstone. I watch it. Carrie likes it. We're all excited. And now they're just like not going to end it. It's not going to finish.
3: Yeah. Kevin Costner evidently has just walked out. Uh, he can't get along with Taylor Sheridan, who is the creator of that show and basically all of the Yellowstone uh, entire surrounding apparatus, right, all the other shows. And, uh, and yeah, it stinks. I mean, it, it feels like they had five or six episodes left to shoot and Kevin Costner just pulled the ripcord and said, I'm not doing this anymore. Man, you know. Kevin I'm Costner just- getting divorced. I, I was reading in the New York Post, Buck, what do you think Kevin Costner made last year? How much money? According to his tax filings.
2: Oh, gosh. $100 million?
3: $19 million. But I was... I mean, he's probably made hundreds, certainly, of millions of oh, dollars. Oh, I'm sorry. Year.
2: I-, I was actually... Because I saw that the divorce is going to cost him $150 million.
3: Yeah, that might be right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's been a mess. And we have an, we important, an important caller. caller. Okay, right, here, here we, we go. Hey, Clay. Oh, this is my wife. What's up, doll face?
7: Yes. <laughs> I was just calling to say that uh, I'm dying over your uh, allegation that you are also related to the Alamo, Travis, because... Well, look, this is a like, major
3: point of contention in this our... This is an
7: ongoing thing in our family that every time someone who's even remotely famous with the last name Travis comes up, play, claims that he is uh, definitely related to that person i am related
3: to merle travis who is like the 16 tons guy that is a direct like cousin of course Uh, and i think william barrett travis laura refuses to acknowledge i even showed her the genealogy charts we're related related to andrew 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 jackson
7: Jackson and lots of other jacksons apparently and that travis is such an uncommon last name that you can pretty much guarantee that you're related to every travis I just, I I just want to say conference. real quick,
2: real quick, Laura, that the audience is all sure that you're going to absolutely crush, crush the bar exam. So we wanted to say that.
0: that More than a movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies from the godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.
4: We have a passion for reality tv and we're inviting you into our living room we're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today that is right reality tv is the greatest form of entertainment on television today listen to reports reality starting may 8th on the iHeartRadio radio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts